When I was a child, we went on a lot of road trips. Any road trip fans? Okay, lots of road trip fans. And my dad, this is before iPhones, this is before GPSs, and so he had a thing called a map. And maps are paper and they are printed with ink. And my dad would have lots of maps and he would always have the chart, you know, he'd have like the journey charted out for us. And dad would tell us about where we're going, but he would also talk about the stops along the way, where we would take our rest stops, where we would get our food. It was usually either Mexican or barbecue. Yum. And then we would have a place where we'd stay the night. And not only was there an excitement about a journey, but there was also a comfort and a peace from knowing what to expect along the way. He'd say, this is going to be a windy road here. This is going to be high winds. And all of a sudden there'd be high winds. Well, here's the interesting thing. I took my family on a road trip two weeks ago. We went to New Mexico. Some of you saw we were making a Christian children's movie, which is so cool. Uh, Talk about that later. But as we were driving, and so this is just my little family, my dad would call me. And he'd be like, Robert, you should be coming up to Tucson right now. And I'm like, how do you know exactly where we'd be right now? And, but, or he'd call and say, did you make it down that windy road? You know, the descent down into the desert. Or the, here, you're coming into Deming. There's a great gas station you could stop at. My dad would tell me the stops along the way. Dad knew, knows the route. And dad knows the places to stop for rest and, and refreshment along the way. Tonight, I feel called to start talking about the end times. And here's the interesting thing about many Christians. When you say we're going to talk about the end times, a lot of times people get uncomfortable. Uh, You're kind of like, we're kind of like ostriches that want to put our head under the sand because we think if if there's danger coming and my head's hidden, then I'm going to feel better. But here is the thing. God is like that dad who actually knows the end of the journey, and he knows the safe places to stop along the way. He knows the places for us to get refreshment. He knows the places for us to to stay and sleep for the night. And he is that wonderful father that is lined it out already. And for those who want to know what's going to happen, it's already in here. Here's the inspiration for this message. I'm on a walk last week. And it was one of those days, and I'm sure you've had these through the COVID crisis, where I was just done. I was so frustrated. As you've seen, there's so much division in our country right now. I mean, and just in every way you slice it, right? There's political division. There's economic division. There's division on how we respond to COVID. There's ethnic division. There's just division, division, division. And I had gone home just with too much division that night. And I'm I'm walking down the road with Steph and doing what husbands do at the end of the day, which is vent to their wives. And as we're walking and as I'm venting, Steph says this. She says, you know, Robert, it seems like everyone in the world right now is waiting. Like we're just anxiously waiting, waiting for things to go back to normal, waiting for our restaurants to open back up, waiting for our entertainment. She said, but you know what we need to do as the church? We need to be teaching people to eagerly await the return of Jesus. Because things might not ever go back to normal. A lot of the people I'm listening to, they're saying it might not ever go back to normal. I can't guarantee you that your restaurant will ever open back up. I can't guarantee you that life will ever be like it was in 2019. But here's the thing I can guarantee you. 
Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's coming back for you and me. If we put our faith in him, he's coming back for the church. And that's what a study of the end times is all about. And as much as I'm frustrated and it's been painful, this, this COVID crisis, here's one thing that I actually think has been good is that it's kind of knocked the legs out of the table of our kingdom of comfort. And it's making us need to lay hold of the kingdom of God. I was impacted by this verse because this is what's happening to, to so many of us. It says, but about the day or the hour, this is Matthew 24, but about the day or the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man. So listen to this. It says, for in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. You see, too many of us Christians even, it's just been like life is normal. And, and we're just going about and just eating and drinking and I'm going to go here and I'm going to take this vacation. And what Jesus said was, no, you need to be ready because you don't know when the Son of Man is going to return. You don't know when he's going to come back, but I am coming back for you. The interesting thing is, have you ever thought about this? Like, no one knows the day or the hour. And so let me just begin this end times thing. I, I'm not going to make some day prediction, right? That if someone does that, they're a heretic. That's not what scripture says. But do you know that you can know the seasons and times? Like, that's what Scripture said. And Noah was different from the rest of the people of the earth because he, he didn't know the day that the flood was going to come, but he knew something was coming. Can I just tell you, we can be like Noah, wise in this age, knowing that something is coming. And it's the return of Jesus. This is the verse that someone shared with me. Uh, the next, so, so, so Steph says that. And I go to bed that night, and it had been a long, frustrating day, and I just look over, and I grab my Bible on my bedside table, and I was like, that's right, Steph. She's usually right, by the way. That's right, Steph. We need to eagerly await the coming of Jesus. And so I pick up my Bible, and I start reading from the book of Revelation, and I start reading some of the end-time chapters. Do you know that one-third of the Bible is prophecy? One-third. Okay, do you know that there's 150 chapters on the end times? So obviously, this is very important. And, and I started reading that, and can I just tell you, it was like something lifted off of me. Th th just that heaviness, that frustration, and I got so excited thinking about Jesus coming back. Someone gives me this verse the next morning, and this is the theme of this, this uh, series we're doing. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's 2 Corinthians 4.18. Do you know as a Christian, you're unique in this world that you can actually fix your eyes on what is unseen? While the rest of the world is just looking at all the things that are closed down or all the different restrictions that are going on, you can see an unseen kingdom. So let's jump into Matthew 24. I'm really excited because this is, this is where Jesus starts unpacking the end times. And I want you to listen maybe with fresh ears and, and just see how what's 
been going on in the world is so much of what's unfolding. Jesus left the temple and was walking away. So this Jesus is actually on the earth. He's with his disciples. He's left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. So he was saying, this temple, the disciples were all excited about the temple and how glorious it was. He was like, one stone is not going to be left on the other. I know that. I was just in Israel. The temple is destroyed. It's not there. Jesus was right. Imagine that. He prophesied he was right. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. So now he leaves the temple. He's up on the Mount of Olives. The disciples come to him, and they ask him two questions. They say this, tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? So Matthew 24, for you to understand it, because it gets very confusing to people, is two things. They're asking, Jesus, when is the temple going to be destroyed? And then, secondly, when is the coming? When is your second coming at the end of the age? So Jesus answered, watch that no one deceives you. Let me just say, brothers and sisters, Watch that no one deceives you. There are so many Christians getting deceived right now. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Okay, go home, do a Google search on Messiahs. You will see so many in Wikipedia. So this has happened. So many have come. So many people have claimed to be the Messiahs. Others have claimed that they know the, the new way, right? Joseph Smith with Latter-day Saints, Muhammad with Islam. So many people have claimed other ways. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So what can I tell you? We've already experienced that, right? We've already experienced the beginning of birth pain. First of all, you know that we're in the last days, right? Like undisputably. Peter stands up at Pentecost 2,000 years ago and said, this is what Joel talked about in the last days. Here we are, last days. The last days have been very long. It's been 2,000 years of last days. But tonight, today, whenever you're watching this, I'm going to propose to you that we're actually in the beginning of the end of the last days. We're in the beginning of the end of the last days. And this isn't me alone. This is what many, 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 many theologians believe. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Now, that wasn't happening back then, right? Christianity was just starting to spread. It hadn't even spread to all nations. Can I tell you now, uh, 128 nations, their governments are persecuting Christians. They're violently persecuted, and I don't think anyone would debate with me that our country is becoming more antagonistic towards Christianity. It's going on around the world. Christianity is the most persecuted thing on earth, but let's just keep going. It says, then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and then listen to this, and this is what's really, I believe, starting to stick out. Verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Beloved, this is, this is what we're seeing like never before. If you look at the church in America, there are more, there, there are so many people that claim to be Christians, 
But such a large percentage of the church in America now no longer believes that the Bible is the, the literal word of God. It's the authoritative word of God. So many no longer believe that Jesus is the only way. Like, so what, what does that mean? That means they don't believe that Jesus actually meant what he said or that Jesus was true in what he said. They're like, Jesus is nice, but he's not the only way to heaven. So many don't believe what the Bible says about sexuality. Like more people are believing culture now and what courts say than what this book says. So what has happened? The church, so much of the church is turning away from actual biblical Christianity. And, and, listen to this. And they will hate each other. Okay, has anyone been on social media in the last four months? Um, it is not a loving place to be right now. There, there are so many Christians that are hating each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. I, one of the heart, most heartbreaking things for me is actually seeing people who were passionate about Jesus now actually saying, I'm walking away from my faith. Pastors, worship leaders, but I'm, I'm seeing it with people I know. It is absolutely heartbreaking because of the increase of wickedness or in the NKGV, it says the increase of lawlessness there is a, do you know that there is a spirit of lawlessness? If you're wondering what's going on in our nation right now, there's a spirit of lawlessness that's been released, right? Because of the lawlessness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And I believe that's you. That's you. You're going to stand firm until the end. That's why we're doing this series now listen to this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. One of the greatest privileges of my life was being up the road about an hour and a half in Saddleback Church Auditorium, and there's Campus Crusade represented one of the largest missions organizations, the, the Baptist Youth with a Mission, YWAM. There's all these different groups and in that meeting, they said, the last people group on earth has been adopted. Okay, this scripture, it says, and, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all nations and then the end will come. Guys, you gotta like do some big things with your eyes. Cause I'm like, I just said the last people group on earth was adopted and I just, I didn't see anything. So just, you gotta like do something with your eyes. Um, it was easier speaking to just a camera for the last four months because I was like, I'm just imagining everyone smiling at me and is loving me, and, but you, like you're real people. So <laughs> the Greek of that is pentaethne, which means all people groups. The gospel has to go to every people group and be preached and then the end will come. It doesn't mean that every person will be saved, right? We'll see that in a second. But it does have to be preached. Now, it hasn't been preached yet, but every people group is adopted. What does that mean? It means we are so stinking close to the end because we have one obligation. We actually have two. One, love Jesus and don't give up. Two, get the gospel to every people group. Can I tell you, we can be the finishing generation I, I'm telling my kids, I think Jesus is going to come in your lifetime. I think Jesus is going to come in my time. But this, that is our goal. That's why if you see all peoples all around and all the nations and planting churches, why do we do it? Because we want to fulfill this. Why? Let's keep going. Verse 15 through 22. 
This is where it gets rough. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. I mean, here's one of the reasons why you should believe the Bible is because there are all these prophecies of what would happen in hundreds of years and then they're fulfilled. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down and take anything out of his house and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight might not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For, when there, uh, for then there will be a great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world unto this time, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. For the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. I was in Israel... And we're standing looking at these hills where Dr. Garlow, who was our guide, says the amazing thing is the Christians. So here's what I believe and what many scholars believe. This actually happened. Remember, Jesus was asked two questions. When is the temple going to be destroyed? And when's the end times? So now he's talking about the temple. Do you know in 70 AD, the temple was destroyed? A guy named a Roman general named Titus comes in and he stands in the temple and has it absolutely destroyed. But Jesus had told his followers, when you see this, flee. Okay, why would he say that? Because think about how many times in this book, enemy armies would surround the people of God and they wouldn't have to flee because God would just come and fight for them, right? I mean, how many stories are like this? But they knew at this time to flee. Let's look at this same scripture in Luke 21. Can we go there real quick? Luke 21. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you will know that the desolation is near. So that happened. 69 and 70 AD, Jerusalem surrounded. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out and let those in the country not enter the city for this is the time of punishment in fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be for those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against the people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all nations. How did the Jews get distributed throughout the whole earth? It was through this. Titus came in, destroys Jerusalem. The believers knew to flee. They survived. So tons of Christians survived. Others didn't survive. And the Jews get dispersed throughout the nations. But watch this. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I hope you came with your thinking cap on because I'm going to unpack some crazy things for you. Hopefully you've heard some of these before, but this is going to be so encouraging to you. Best part of the whole night, for sure. Immediately after the stress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Can I tell you, Jesus is coming back and this time he's not coming as a little baby that only few people recognize. Everyone will see him. It says all peoples will see him. Now I skipped over and hopefully we'll have some time in this series to go back 
to the stars and the sky, and I'll be able to unpack for you what it says about the sun going dark and the moon being turned to blood because this is these unbelievable signs that God's shown us in heaven, these tetrads of four blood moons that I don't know if you know this, but I encourage you to go study it because they happened in 1948, right when Israel was becoming a state. Then there were four blood moons, amazing, and then it didn't happen again until right after 1967 when Jerusalem's taken back over and the four blood moons happen again, and then it doesn't happen again until just a couple of years ago. And what, what happened in 2018, Jerusalem was recognized for the first time by a world superpower, i.e. United States, that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Israel. And what does that mean? Go back to Luke 21. Because it says Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles. Okay, that, it was 2,000 years do you understand for 2,000 years after it happened in 70 AD that Israel wasn't a state and Jerusalem didn't belong to the Jews? But it says this, oh my gosh, that it's trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Do you understand that in 1967, Jerusalem came under the hands of Israel again and has been there. And in 2018, it was declared as the capital of Jerusalem by the, the most powerful country in the world, United States. And do you know what that means? Like, that means this stuff is coming into fulfillment. Oh. What, 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 what am I saying? What I'm saying is this. Matthew 24, 44. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Okay, um, the title of this message is Be Ready. Be ready. Why? Because, guys, the return of Jesus is close. How do I know that? Let's go back to verse 32. This is maybe a little confusing. It's going to help shed some light on this mean thing that Jesus did. Do you remember when he was walking into Jerusalem with his disciples and he sees a fig tree? I love fruit trees. I planted three palms today on the hottest day ever. Why? I like trees. Okay. I had to use a jackhammer to dig. It's that hot right now. Okay. I like them. And so I always was sad when I read the story about Jesus coming into town and cursing a fig tree. And then it says, and it wasn't in season. And so you're like, Jesus, you're like God. Why, why would you curse a fig tree? And it wasn't even in season. Like, give the poor fig tree a break. What do fig trees symbolize in the Bible? They symbolize the nation of Israel. So when Jesus is coming in, he is coming in, Matthew chapter 21, into Jerusalem. And there is a fig tree, and Jesus is hungry and he goes up, and there is no fruit, and so he curses the fig tree. Why? It was prophetic that Jesus came into Jerusalem, his eternal capital, where his throne will be on earth, where the temple is, and there was no fruit. It did not receive him. And so he curses it. But listen to what it says. Here is the redemption in Matthew 24, 32. He said, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, 
you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. And you're like, wait, Jesus, you missed it on prophecy because you're talking to guys and they passed away. You ever been confused on that? No, it's because Jesus was talking about the generation that sees the rebudding of the fig tree. And the fig tree is... Israel. And so what happens in 1948, about 70 years ago, oh wow, that's crazy because a generation is somewhere between 70 and 100 years. About 70 years ago, Israel, according to Isaiah 66, it says, can a nation be born in a day? And the answer is yes, because it was like the most supernatural thing ever. Israel's reborn. And then Jerusalem, remember Jerusalem would be desolate until the time of the Gentiles. And what's the time of the Gentiles? The time of the Gentiles is the time for you and me, besides a few of you in this room that might be Jews. I only see one right now, but because she's told me. But, and I had my blood tested to see if I was Jewish and I'm not. So, um, but the time of the Gentiles is when the time of the Gentiles comes to a completion, it's coming to a completion. The gospel is being preached to all nations. And then what happens? Then the end can come. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Are you excited? Um, what, what I'm saying is the things in Scripture that, that need to happen for the end to come, like from what I can read and from what I'm reading, from, I mean, a lot of theologians, a lot of the pastors I'm listening to, they're like, nothing else has to happen. And I would say, no, there's one last thing. Like we've got to preach the gospel into all people groups, but every other thing it's happened folks. And so here's what it did in me this week. Um, it just put life in perspective that things might not ever be as comfortable again, but we're very likely to be the generation that sees Jesus come back. And I don't know, I don't know if you've encountered Jesus before. And I'm not talking about, did you pray a prayer? And I'm all about like praying a prayer. And you, you guys know that I'm all about, you call on the name of the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. But I don't want you to just, I, I don't want you to just get born in life. Like a baby's born and that's awesome, but they're helpless and they're messy, bloody and stinky. I want you to grow into maturity. And I'm not, I don't want you to just get saved. I want you to have encounters with Jesus. And I don't, here's what I'm excited about. I want you to start reading these end time these end time chapters, because in the end, you see Jesus with eyes of fire and a face like the sun, and you hear his voice, and it's like the sound of rushing waters. And I remember just one dream where I heard that voice like that, and I, I was paralyzed because it was so overwhelming that I couldn't move, and I woke up gasping for hair. And I don't know if you've ever had encounters with Jesus, but I've had it to where like I fall on my face as though dead, and I couldn't move for half an hour. Like, do you know that the Jesus Jesus in this book, he is real and he wants you to encounter him. And the Bible says you will seek him and find him when you seek him with all your heart. And he's just waiting for someone to take him up on that dare. 
And so that's why I'm really excited that we're coming into the end times because I'm hoping that you're going to open this book and go, oh, wow, it's not just about me reading some history from the past, like the Jesus that when people see him, they fall on their face dead. When they hear him, it's like it takes your breath away. When you encounter his presence, it like electrifies you. That's the Jesus that you get to know. And when that starts happening, like, it's okay that your restaurant is closed down. It's okay that you have to wear, I like, I don't like masks, okay? But like, it's okay if I can be with Jesus. Like, he's so much greater. So that is my heart for you. And that's why we're going to dive into this. And we just stand up with me. And you know it's the end times when a preacher just preached for under 30 minutes. Would you just place your hand on your heart right now? And let's just ask the Lord right now to give us a heart for Jesus over anything. Would you just start letting him bring to mind things that you've put above him? Or maybe just the things that are frustrating. There's been a lot to be frustrated about. I'm not minimizing it. Some people, their, their relatives have died. They haven't been able to bury them. Some people, they've been really, really sick. Some people have lost jobs. Like, these are big deals. I'm not saying they're not big deals, but what I want to say is when we look on Jesus and on that day when he's coming in the clouds, like, everything is going to pale in comparison, and we will be with him for eternity. And Lord Jesus, we pray just put yourself on the throne in our hearts right now and let everything else grow strangely dim. We ask that in Jesus' name. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to just pray with you right now. If you're, if you're not 100% sure that when he returns, the Bible says when he returns, we'll be caught up in the air with him if we believe with him. If you need to give him your life, just pray this with me right now. It's not by your works. It's by what he did for us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I repent of my sin. I turn away from it. You just be praying this right with me. I receive you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray.